welcome to the Bro Novo Podcast, the podcast that models healthy communication for men, empowering them to start the journey of self-work. Now here's your host, Thomas Pierce. All right, and we're recording. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Thanks for having me on. What's up, man? Welcome to the, the pod, the Bro Nouveau podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I know you've been doing this for a while, and it's exciting to be part of it. Here, you know what you got to say. Here, who's listening? Uh, shout out to all those people. Yeah, 100%, man. Thanks for taking the time. So I've wanted to have you on for, for a minute because I think you have an awesome perspective and we always have such a, a good time laughing, you know, gagging around, messing around. So I wanted to have you on, but also the other night we were having beers and I referenced um, the episode I had last week where the, my, my guest brought up some of these red pill ideas and concepts that I found striking in, in not a great way. And we were having beers and you actually had some familiarity with it from when you were younger and when you were kind of a young, younger man looking for answers. So it was fortuitous timing and it got you, uh, got you in. Yeah. So, it got me here. Yeah. Yeah. It got me here. So uh, before we, before we start though, I just want to acknowledge the situation in the Ukraine. We're talking about micro personal development stuff, but there's a really bad situation going on and it's a part of the world you're familiar with. So yeah, it's part, you know, I've, I've read about a little bit. I've known people definitely from there. I've grown up with some people from there. And yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, and it's just so unfathomable what those people are going through. And hopefully it'll, it'll end soon. And hopefully it'll, you know, it seems like the world is coming together to, to actually draw a line in the sand unless, unlike other times when the world has said they do it. And so I think, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine what those people are going through. And I hope that it, ends favorably and, and quickly. And, you know, if there are any listeners in the Ukraine, we hope y'all are staying safe and staying sheltered and, and doing whatever it is that you have to do and best of luck to you. Yeah. We, yeah, I just can't, there's no, yeah, I think no words we can say would even make sense. Um, yeah. Cracking a little Tecate in solidarity. <laughs> our friends in the Ukraine. Big, big time. Hell yeah. Okay. So James, let's do a little intro. What do you want to share about yourself? Who who are you? What what more specifically in the context of our show, it's about masculinity and healthy communication. What were the forces that shaped you to becoming the man you are today? Cuz I can say, "Oh, I admire you for these reasons and like I want you on the show for cuz I have a good impression of you, but what were the things that kind of uh put you on the path to the person you are?" Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think I've had a lot of teachers of masculinity over, over time. And I think a lot of them, it's one of the things where the earlier ones were maybe more formative. And as I get older and as I reexamine some of these lessons that I picked up, I realized that the, the fact that they are younger, they're earlier in my journey. And the fact that those memories are stronger doesn't mean that they were better lessons. So I feel like, you know, what we would consider very, traditional forms of masculinity, which I feel like there's, there's still a lot of benefit in. I think it's maybe a little more in no, in, in vogue to, to really just move away from what traditional masculinity is, which, and these, these are 
more better ideals of like sacrifice to one's family or to one's community or, you know, level of stoicism or level of, you know, perseverance through adversity. Um, I think those are much more positive aspects of it. Obviously there's a litany of all the negative things which you talk about on the show. Um, but I, you know, I think my early teachers were like anything whereas my father, my uncles, my grandfather, these sort of familial figures who each kind of gave me a different part of what it meant to be masculine. Um, and I think, you know, I was lucky in a sense because they had a lot of varieties of male influences in my life, strong male influences in my life. So I didn't feel like there was ever a, a lack of someone that I could, that someone's example that I could learn about and take in from. And then I think, you know, as you start on that sort of path of kind of leaving the shelter of whether it be home or whether it be, you know, coming out from under this umbrella of, of other men, when you go out and do your own thing, you have a whole different set of peer level male influences. And they're usually just a little bit older than you, but they seem like, you know, literal gods. Like I played football in high school, um, in a, in a pretty large high school that had a lot of really like strong people around. So I think, you know, when you step into whatever the metaphorical version of a locker room is the first day of being like basically a 13 and a half year old shrimp and there's some monster <laughs> 18 year old yeah, and you just have like a bad teenage mustache and you're just trying to do your best. And you know, th these people to you are <laughs> in a way uh, a lot stronger example, you know? And yeah. I think some of the, some of the tough lessons there is you realize that people who have really no, like in terms of the linear amount of life experience they have on you is maybe two years, but it seems like their example is so much more powerful. So I think during that, you know, it's like, what can a 17 year old teach any 14 year old is probably like not great ideas of masculinity. But I think, yeah, there's, there's levels. I feel like of, if you're going through life and if you're going through these different, whatever version of your own, life tribulation is you can have a lot of influences, you know, and the more you feel more rooted in yourself, which is very hard to do when you don't even have a sense of who yourself is, the more you can kind of get pushed off course. So I think, you know, in reference to what we were talking about the other night, I feel like, you know, you go through these sort of structured um, environments, whether that be school or an athletic team or even a job, you know, where, where you kind of, the, the laws are somewhat made and then you go off on your own. And it's very much, trying to navigate and you know i think in that navigation what we were specifically talking about which is you know some of these communities that i think have probably valid points and started with valid pains can kind of go off kilter is that there is um yeah there's a lot of pain in trying to do that discovery and feeling that you're not exactly where you're supposed to be and i think you know in those moments i think a lot of your masculinity can be can be questioned by yourself even and i think you know, as men, one of the greatest, I mean, ever since I think you're a kid, the, the greatest sin and insult is to be this like unmanly thing, you know? It's like the, the deepest sort of exclusion from whatever, you know, the manly tribe is, which is obviously hilarious as you keep going through life because it's just <laughs> it's perpetual. It goes from like not being accepted on a team to like having to buy a bigger truck or whatever the fuck it is today, you know? Or, yeah. Like, yeah. So it's just, it's the constant search, you know, man search. And it's and, been commoditized. Oh yeah. By for sure. Everyone. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, back in the day when commodities didn't exist, you had acts of work to prove whatever value you had to a community, whether that be like, I don't know, fucking taking down a lion, like they do in the Maasai tribe in Africa or like building a railroad, building a railroad, you know, stopping a, a saber tooth. Yeah. Finding a war, whatever these things that are very clear delineators of, you know, you left at 17, you came back 
a functionally different human being and you're kind of reaccepted as a different human being. And I think, you know, for us, we have, yeah, I think a lot of those rituals, understandably, because we live in uh, much more advanced societies that don't need, you know, like very rarely do you have to go kill an animal and bring it home to eat. And so you just have different things um, that, yeah, that kind of, it's a gentler slope, I feel like, of masculinity. And so I think because yeah. of that, yeah, it's easier to like sell someone that they totally. have an identity of something. Wear this, you know, boot. Wear this boot. Buy this truck. Buy this truck. You know, like find dress a, this way. Yeah. yeah, hook up with this person, and totally. that'll make like, you like more find masculine. a woman who looks a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and be accepted, right? Ultimately, in all those things you're doing, you're kind of like cross-checking if you're acceptable into whatever this larger. I don't know if tribe is too big of a word, but whatever this larger um group of masculine men that you look up to are and when you're like young and impressionable you're just fucking dumb you know and then the people you look up to <laughs> yeah. are just slightly more impressionable and also dumb and i think no one tells you that they're like no you, this is the blind leading the blind you should be wary you should learn how to see not learn how to follow you know totally yeah and and so this community online that i came across last week and is going to be kind of the focal point of the conversation to me, so it's called the like red pill community right? specifically. And it's a reference to the matrix where Neo has the choice between the red pill and the blue pill. And I'm paraphrasing, but my understanding of it is that taking the red pill opens one's eyes to the realities of life. Right. And that things aren't as they seem on the surface. The narrative were sold by parents, by government, by work at an employer's isn't the reality. Right. And that on the surface, I completely agree with. Right. I think that choosing one's own path and doing critical thinking is essential. But I, what I was thinking about, like where are the dangers in this kind of concept is that this community online seems to be such that the leaders or the, the ideology is the only red pill. It's like, this is the red pill. This is the only way to look at the world that's different than the, than the consensus that's different. You know, there are many ways to be non-contrarian or to, to be contrarian rather. You know what I mean? And it's like, it gets dangerous if you just let one group or ideology direct you as a young person. And specifically in this context as a straight young man, because a lot of this stuff is, is in regards to how to approach relationships with women. Mm. And to me, this stuff I'm reading and I have some notes we can reference just blow my mind with how out of touch they are. Cause I, I'm going to, I'm going to be less than humble, I, I guess in this moment and say both of us, I'm now in a committed loving relationship. Shockingly. Shockingly. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Who would have seen? You know, yeah. Seriously. Lost a lot of bets there. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but both of us have had successful dating careers or experiences. However, one defines success right. by success. I would define it as good memories, learned about myself, learned about other people, meaningful, healthy interactions. It's fun. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and none of it involved these kind of this obsession with power. So, one of the key things, and this is kind of where I want to drive the conversation, is that like for young men who may be, feel lost or feel they can't understand dating or they feel excluded from the, the masculine tribe, they'll go online and be like, why can't I date women? What's right. going on? And it, it puts in these kind of ideas about like, this is what women want. And this is how you have to control the dynamic, control the frame. 
It's all about power. If you're not being in control, if you're not in power, then you are being subjugated. So that stuff, I, that whole mindset is, is, is really bad. Um, so I guess I have other thoughts on that, but how would you summarize this, this whole red pill community and why is it important that we warn impressionable young men about it? Yeah. A lot of good questions about the red pill community, which I actually have direct, we talked about this, I have direct experience with. Um, and then I think before we get to that, I, I think it's important to understand that, you know, young, impressionable, dejected men that feel that, you know, that they're having some sort of frustration has been the fodder for the entirety of human history for people that are, you know, we can call it manipulative. We can call it power hungry. We can call it whatever, but you know, ultimately we're pack animals and this idea of feeling fear and feeling exclusion, which can, you know, quickly be recoded and re pitched, if you will, as hate is something that is, that has bound us for millennia. And I think you can look at anything, you know, you can look at street gangs that have these young impressionable men that don't have strong figures to look up to that end up going down these, these really horrible paths. You know, you can look at, at anything really, you know, or the, you can or look, the white collar equivalent. Yeah. Whatever that might be. Of just the career on wall street where you work 80 hours, get addicted to cocaine. Absolutely. And yeah. No ruin your soul. family. Yeah. Ruin your life. Have no balance, whatever <laughs> it might be, whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, it's just easier to live life in a lot of ways with just having dogmatic dualities. X is bad. Y is bad. Yes. X is good. Y is good. Because ultimately you realize, you know, most of life is just this like very annoying shade of empathetic grays. You just have to come to terms with, you know? <laughs> um, and I think when you realize that it, you just, it makes it so that you can't really pass these snap judgments. But anyway, getting back to the, to, to the red pill things. That's a, great, th- that's a great point though, about you can't simplify. We can't simplify to snap judgments. I think that's a, yeah. that's a wonderful thought. And I think, you know, to give credit to us, we are built to be snap judgmental creatures. Heuristics. You know, I think our, the way that we are wired to make decision is to make snap judgments. You know, all of our wiring is built to keep us alive in, on the plains of Africa. It's not for us to navigate living in a complex society. That's a city that has all these weird social dynamics. And so I think this is where you see, you know, whether it be people in the red pill community or other communities trying to kind of, use these animal dynamics to explain dating. You know, one thing you hear about a lot is this idea of the the alpha male movement, you know, which has, I'm sure some good things about it, but this idea of like an alpha male, I think comes from the idea of, of different animals being very like dominant animals and then subjugating other, other people basically to their whims or other animals to their whims. So I think it's easy to oversimplify things, you know, in that way. And I think because it's easy, it's ultimately easier to share. It's easier to get people bought into it and it's easier to just twist the narrative to it. You know, like nobody wants to sit and listen to every nuance of every situation. They want to be able to say like, this person does this or women have these options and because of that, I'm not where I need to be. And so I think what I'm trying to say is, you know, I get it. And it's, you can also kind of on a surface level understand something and it can still be wrong. You know, like so many really, really damaging ideas in history to some level were understandable. You know, you could understand that like, oh, these people feel like they're taking advantage of our nation or these people feel like they're not doing their fair share or X and Y and Z. And then you very slowly, you know, you, you build the myth of like, oh, all these people fit into this one bucket. And because of that, we're being oppressed or they're being oppressors. And I think you were mentioning this thing about power dynamics. And I think, you know, just to give a little background on 
my sort of red pill experience. There was a time when I was living in, in a place that I had really few social connections. Um, and when, when I didn't have a lot of social connections, I just basically just felt more isolated. Um, and then this isolation, in addition to, to not having just basically any friends or male friends, um, obviously didn't have a lot of, of connections with women, you know, and it's something where you got a certain age in life and you really do feel that, you know, if you're not able to, I don't know, if you're not able to like basically hook up with a woman, then you're less capable. You know, failure. Huh? Yeah, for sure. Using, using a snap heuristic. Yeah. Like a failure. Like yeah, you suck at being a man. Cause like yeah. you can hook up with women, you know? And I think there's a lot of reasons why that thought makes sense and it can still be wrong. You know, I, I think it's, it's the painful part is, is holding something is like, Oh, I could understand how this could make sense to someone. And it's just not factual. And so when you're in these spaces, you know, you might look up how to do things differently. Obviously, you know, from, from this little seed of frustration, I think you look at how to improve it, you know? And so I think this is where I, I think some of these ideologies you could say can be particularly damaging is because especially if you're young, if you don't know any better, you know, these things have outsized impact on how you develop and they end up forming this is the dangerous part, foundational thoughts of how you see the world. So if you're, let's mm. say 13 or 12, you know, and I mean, these days, if you're 12 and 13, you're looking at, you, you're able to glimpse into the world of people that are orders of magnitude better than you in every way, objectively, right? Like you're looking at <laughs> like some supermodels Instagram, or you're looking at some rappers, TikTok, or you're looking at some influencers, whatever the fuck. And you just, there is no way as a no 12 to 14 year old in the world can measure up to that. And so there's your sense of sort of this exclusion and inferiority start a lot earlier, you know, like if you're, if you kind of miss that generation, you just kind of the, the hottest person in the world went to your high school conceivably, right? Like who wasn't a movie star, the strongest person you knew kind of like probably you knew them within one degree. And now I think a lot of that is unattainable. Um, and I think when that starts happening, you, all right, you put yourself in this larger context and you see that you're, you're a lot further down. And so maybe you go look and see like how you can improve it. And so I think when you come across some of these, um, theories, you know, which parts of these theories might make sense, you, you just start forming this basis of belief that there's a power dynamic in everything. And because there's a power dynamic, and if you're not the one in power, someone is, someone is basically pulling the strings on you and, and you quickly become this sort of, victim you know you self-victimize because and, and i only know because i went through this you know i felt this way i was like wow like i'm not i don't have a lot of friends i feel like i'm a friendly person i am getting no dates basically i feel like i'm dateable i can like listen i can like you know do x and y and z and what, what it really is is you know frustration is your delta from where you are to very where you think you should be and so you know at that time my delta was pretty big and so i think when someone's delta is really big, they have to look at other reasons why that's the case. And I think this is where some of these kind of damaging theories can step in really quickly and just give you the snap judgment that we talked about, right? Which is like, oh, you're not, for instance, women are not talking to you because they like believe that, you know, all women are after really high status men. And if you're not like, I don't know, some Wall Street executive or some NFL player, like, there's, there's no women that would ever want to talk to you. And so in, in that way, you know, you realize you can't be that person at least yet. And so it forms this weird conflictual dynamic of we are one entity, men dejected. And then there's these other <laughs> women holding the power. And then it's just, it's on us to whether it be like, 
manipulate them or destabilize them or X or Y and Z. And it's just, it's sad, you know, because I think when you get a little bit further along and when you date people who have been on the other side of this, like women who have been on the other side of these unhealthy power dynamics, you, you realize how tragic it is, you know? You realize how much piecing together you have to do when these people meet, people who have these really twisted senses of power, you know? And I think for younger listeners, it's just really worth mentioning that at some point you realize that like literally everyone is operating on some level of being in high school and trying to be cooler than everyone else. And then it's just really <laughs> not fucking worth it, honestly, you know? And yes. I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's easy. Basically just remember that it's easy. It's very easy to be frustrated and it's easy to get you frustrated and it's hard to, really come to terms with oneself and just move past it, you know, but ultimately that'll take you to a better place. Cause you, what happens is when you keep getting frustrated, you keep getting pushed into these darker and darker corners in this, this sort of fungus, you know, will start growing in you this little seedling of hate, this seedling of ejection. And then you'll find ways to reinforce this belief that like women are the ones in power. Women have X and Y and Z. And it's just, I have not found it, to be the case. And I have also found how quickly, you know, if, if left unchecked, you could really dive into that too far. And I'm totally. just telling you that it's not true. And I, I'm telling you that it might feel painful and, you know, things that are painful and things that are scary feel more true than they are. That's kind of how we're wired, but it doesn't mean they're true. And I just, I would, it would just, you know, really, yeah, it would hurt my feelings if I knew that there was a lot of young men who felt lost and felt alone and felt unsu- unsuccessful. And that led to them basically just hating a huge part of the population because I don't think that'll get you anywhere good. No, it won't get you anywhere. And it's the, yeah, it's a victim mentality, which is pretty contradic- contradictory to, because this stuff I associate, and this is a heuristic probably. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, I'll take hot tape break. We're on a budget. Yeah, we're on one, a budget. One, one beer. Take between the two one, of us. Yeah. One beer, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Inflation as Inflation's it. killing the podcast. Man. Yeah. This podcast isn't free, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of our mutual friends I, I I floated this idea to, and he said he was familiar with the concept. And he said, We oh yeah, we've all gone through a period when we were younger when we felt like the world was out to get us. And then we grew up. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. like, yes. And 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 so I want to dive into a few of these specific ideas. Um but as a context, what, what I feel like these ideas do is that they take concepts that are true of, of, of um, a manipulative person and substitute manipulative person for women, plural. Mm. Yeah. It's the, like the big tent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like yes, capital W. <laughs> it's like, yes, like a manipulative person will manipulate you. Yeah. That's what they do. You cannot equate that with all women. Yeah, yeah that, I, to me, it's just like <clears throat> crazy. So, okay, so this guy last week I had on, mm-hmm. I asked him at the end, where do you get these ideas from, this right. data you're referencing? And he mentioned this guy, Rolo Tomasi, who wrote a book called The Rational Male. I didn't read the book, but I found a cliff notes from this guy's website, Lucio Bufalmano, who... Crazy names. Yes. In the book world. Yeah. Sounds, sounds Italian. Okay. So I, want, I just want to dive into some of these ideas and kind of we can talk about them. Okay, so plate theory is one of them. 
So this is, these are the kind of ideas you can tectonic. Find. I'm guessing. Yes, yes. This is how Pangea came to be. Yeah. <laughs> Pangea. Yeah, yeah. Jumanji. Yeah, obviously. You know. Okay, so these are one of the ideas, the types of ideas you can find circling around in in this red pill online community that is suspect. Plate theory, at its essence, equates plates with women and says that men should not commit to a single woman and instead mm. keep their options open, i.e., the metaphor of spinning several plates at once. Tomasi does not say a man should never commit, but he does recommend not dating, not doing so before 30 or before he fully understands the lifetime value of men. So this is a, a quote. A man is as confident and valuable as his options. This is the essence of abundance mindset. Confidence is derived from options. So in theory, or literally, I would agree with that. Right. Let's take my relationship, for example. Right. Both myself and my partner understand that we have options. No one is forcing us to be together. Either of us could leave this relationship, successfully date, and find a new partner. But it's not me. Like I don't think that dynamic is what holds us together. Yeah. So no. I don't understand why this is like a, a why this is a good idea to to fo- to center. You know. Right. I think if you were to take that idea through the mental model of someone who never had options, it makes more sense, you know, because if you don't have options, you know, the opposite of abundance is scarcity. And if you exist in scarcity, you know, where this, this idea doesn't make sense. Cause this is the, the insidiousness of a lot of this methodology is parts of it make insane amounts of, of sense. This is all conspiracy theories is the best ones are rooted around a slight bit kernel of truth, you know, cause when you have an immutable amount of truth, you can build a whole lot of bullshit around it. And people just kind of by proxy associate it as all being true. I think there's parts of that that make sense. I think, you know, if you feel that you want to go out and date into the world, I think it totally makes sense to date several people, however many people, even go on whatever level of dating you want to go with different people at once. There's also the whole idea of open relationships. You know, there's lots of ways to have healthy relationships. And it doesn't have to be in this sort of more narrow context of what we've always known, which is like, you know, heteronormative monogamy. And I think in that example of, of spinning plates and, and you're only as valuable as your options, I think that person probably hasn't ever really talked to a woman about how that would come off. Because I think what you do there is you're trading off novelty for depth, which there's always times in your life to do that. And I think that's, that's fine. I don't think there's inherently anything wrong about these methodologies. I think, I don't think if you follow these methodologies, you're a bad person or you're in the wrong. Just want to give you a little more balanced view of it, which is, you know, if you're dating several women at once and if you're kind of dispersing, and I'm assuming, you know, I think in this, I don't know how honest this, this person is being, but assuming you're being honest with everyone and if they're dating a bunch of different people and if everybody's out in the open, that's fine. And that's, that's fine in the context. But I think when I was delving in this community, you know, in this firsthand account, the idea really was like, basically don't care too much. And, you know, if someone asks for more, rebuff them and you have all these other options to fall back on, you know, which I think what you're really building is this sort of avoidant way of being in a relationship. And I think I get the idea that, you know, you can always kind of look to someone else for something, but at some point I think it does make sense to go more towards depth if that's what you're into. You know, there's some people who are, you know, for the duration of their life, they do some version of this plate spinning. And, you know, just for me, that's not necessarily someone I would want to be. And I think, 
there's inherently something in that about power as well, right? Yes. Like you being as valuable as your options mean you have the power to always walk away from something. And like you mentioned with you and your partner, that's an implied option right. always. That's always at an implied will employment, option. baby. At will California. employment, state of California. Yeah. <laughs> no two week severance to get your ass kicked out. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't think that's, that's not the reason that I think healthy couples move forward is no. because they have options. To and people. and this, I think there are some truisms in relationships. One of mm. them would be like the truth always comes out. For example, like if somebody cheats, it's going to come out. I 100% believe that always. Another one would be, I think in some essence, whether it be conscience or just understanding, if someone is manipulative, the other person at some level knows it. Maybe they're ignoring it. Maybe they're you know subconsciously ignoring it, consciously ignore, ignoring it. So if you come into this, if you're trying to impress, like, I guess the goal is, is what is, what is the goal and who is the yeah. audience for this idea? Is it someone who wants true love or is it someone who wants a young, a young straight man who wants to have Feel sex cool. with lots of women? Yeah. Either way, I think there are much better options totally. to achieve those goals. Ultimately, you know, like keeping people disempowered to keep them with you is just, it's small dick behavior. It's small dick behavior. It's small dick behavior. Excellent. Excellent. And nothing, this is not, you know, Tom and I both have small dicks. So this is That's not right. small dick centric. We're just saying, you know, in the spiritual small dick behavior. You know, you know? I, had, I had an option to have a big dick. Yeah, he turned it down. But, That's why he's you know, such a good person. When I was being born, God yeah. said, what do you want? And I said, you know what? I'll take the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the challenging route. <laughs> the challenging route. And he has the whole time. There's oh another thing. I just want to say one thing. You know, leave the whole idea of, um, power and blah, 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 and all this bullshit. Ultimately, I think the question you want to ask yourself as a man is, do you want to be someone that leaves relationships better or worse than you found them? Do you want to be a person that that hurts a woman because you're trying to like, I don't know, project some fucking power or do this or do that? I think, you know, our our duty as people is to just be the better to best versions of ourselves. And I think, you know, our, our duty to the people that we date is to, within our capacity, try to treat them as well as we can. And I think if you catch yourself being in a place of saying like, Oh, you know, I can do this to kind of destabilize my partner. And then she's, you know, then she won't do this or then she'll be closer. Or then she won't leave. Or then I can date all these other people. You know, is that the kind of person you want to be then the day? Do you want to wake up being that guy, you know, that's keeping people to you and that's kind of building love through some level of abuse and neglect. I just feel, you know, small dick behavior. Totally. Not that that's a bad thing. No. Not that that's a bad thing. That, beer's, that beer's done, so buddy. That beer's done, yeah. We have to get more. Inflation, yeah. Inflation. Okay, so here's another one. Here's a direct quote. This idea is called, men's market value increases, women's decreases. Okay. According to Lucio, this is a quote from Tommaso, or whatever the guy's name is. At age 23, while a girl is enjoying, girl, Okay. also, not a woman, a girl. Right, 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 okay, right, cool. right, right, right. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Age 23, while a girl's enjoying her prime value, a man is just beginning to make his own gradual ascent. By age 36, the average man has reached his own relative apex. Why 36? It's at this phase that his sexual, social, professional appeal has reached maturity. Whoa. So basically, it's the idea that 
the this whole gender equality. So Jesus was at his sexual peak when he was crucified. <laughs> Is this what I'm hearing? Yes. All right. Yeah. So it's it's it's. I guess this idea is saying that women are being duped by this this crazy feminine narrative of you have time or you have options in your life. You don't have to get married by 36. Is actually duping women because everyone knows a, a mid-30s woman is useless in the sexual marketplace. Right, of course. Everyone knows I've never that. even seen one in real life. I just assume <laughs> they go to an elephant graveyard kind of situation and commit ritual okay. mass suicide. So, so, yeah. So, so what do you make of this idea there? I mean, there's just so much to undo here. All right. So, <laughs> so there's few, there's two ideas in here, which again, I think through a specific narrow lens could make sense to someone. One could be that, you know, as a 23 year old male, you know, there's not, you're just getting started and figuring right. out who you are. You still have a bush. You're just, you still, you're just starting out <laughs> trying to figure out what you're even going to do in the world. You're usually, you know, not paid pretty well doing whatever you're doing. You're usually kind of a fucking idiot. So you don't have a lot of social cues or life experience. So I think in a lot of those ways, you know, this idea of like men over time might be able to figure themselves out better. And then you probably end up doing a lot more dating. You probably end up learning what a human woman is like. And then probably when you're closer to 36 and you do have this level of, if you can call it confidence through experience or whatever, to be able to actually attract maybe more of the people that you want. So I think that's, there's again, truth to this. And I think conversely, this idea that like women just <laughs> drop Tank. off into a pit, like that, that monster in star Wars that they feed people to when you're 36. I mean, it depends who is doing what. I mean, it just there's no way to dive into this without extrapolating what this person is talking about because similar to men, I feel like women figure out a lot of their career. People figure out a lot of their career in their 30s. People figure out a lot of themselves in their 30s. People figure out a lot of what they want in their 30s, how they communicate in your 30s. They probably undo a lot of bullshit that they learned in their 20s and their 30s. So I think there's something to, you know, when women get to this point, they are probably, you know, as developed if not more developed than, than men would be. I think maybe what some of these ideas are is, you know, there is a biological reality. I think at least it was in the past. I think these days with fertility methods, all this stuff, I think you can at least delay the children thing a lot longer. Um, but yeah, maybe there's this idea that, you know, men would, I don't know, 23 is the peak for some reason. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know where that, I don't know where the two numbers come from. Yeah. I mean, I guess I understand that 20 year old women are pretty attractive. This is objectively facts. No, no one on yes. this podcast is going to disagree with that. Um, and I would also agree that 36 year old women are also, also attractive, attractive. And that is also facts. So I, I, I think, you know, in a lot of these red pill communities, there's this idea also, there's another, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but there's this concept of the wall they talk about where okay, like, okay, let's move on. Oh, let's go to that next. But, oh, this is the framing of everything. Okay, but I want to, I want to add my two cents to this idea. Please. Yeah. But I think the wall will play into it. Okay. Nice. So the idea of the wall is that. Oh, so women, this is a red pill. You're just gonna talk over me? Is that what we're doing? Is is it your podcast? Is that why we have guys? Is Is that why we have guys? (laughs) Hear our own voice. I have a good point to make. All right, all right. Then I will concede. (laughs) Thank you. Your point. Before we go to the wall, I just think this whole idea—the one about the sliding inverse scales of value—hinges on the idea that women are only as valuable as their youth. Right, as their body, as their not just their youth, as correct, correct. the hotness of their more body. specifically, yeah, by the youthful youthful appearance or la- or yeah. older appearance of their bodies, and that is 
problematic. Minimally. Yes. Yeah, that's the, yes, it is <laughs> problematic term. at a minimal. Yes. yes. So I think I just want to acknowledge that this whole idea hinges on that. That's and, a great point. Yeah, I didn't remember that. But yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like independent of what's inside the body. It's just like the fact that yes. you're 23 and hot. And I'm assuming there's always some level of like, peak fertility ideas you know whatever the fuck right that right. means that yeah so it's like okay cool like as a hot uterus 23 is probably a good time <laughs> to <laughs> remove the entire person from it yeah and similarly you know i think conversely the tragedy here is in that same thing it also puts the value of men at their earning value you know yes like yes, at their career value be... so it's like is that the kind of world where we create where we just exclusively want to treat women like vessels and men as some version of bank accounts, which is another thing that a lot of these people in this community like decry, you know, right. They probably harp on that a lot. Um, but the wall, all right. So the wall okay. factors into this, this idea in these communities where like basically like age, I don't know, 19 to 29 or whatever, like women have this carte blanche to do whatever they want because they don't realize that they're going to get old and like going to hit this metaphorical thirties. You know, once women hit these thirties, like what you said, their value just drops off. And so the idea is that like when women get close to this, to this wall is when they basically give shots to people that they wouldn't give shots to before, which is where right. a lot of this, I think hate and kind of, you know, rejection <laughs> comes from, which is like all these women would only talk to me when they have no other options. Ironically, the idea is like when women get to scarcity mindset is when, when they give these men actual options, you know, and when like this sort of intimacy is only available to people gotcha. when they feel that women have lost their value. Got you, got you. So it's like, it's such bullshit. She's only dating him because she's at the wall. Yeah. You know, or, or, or it's to be like, she's not dating me because she's young and hot and can right, have whoever because right. I'm excluded from that. But you know, then she wants me, you know, right. right. I can't remember. It was some, I want to say it's a theologian, but he said at first these hoes didn't want me. Now mom, hoes all on me. You know, like, <laughs> there's some version of this in every culture, yeah. which is like, right. you know, no one wanted me when I was young, dumb, and poor. But now that I'm loaded, you know, all these people are coming out of the wood, which again is like insane. Also, like, what are these women trying to get out of you? You know, every every dude on this forum talks like there's some sort dude. of Russian oil billionaire, and yeah. it's like, bro, yeah, like, it's like it's, I don't know they're what fortune like they're, they're funding to take. the invasion of yeah, Ukraine yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, dude. yeah, again, like shout out to the Ukraine, yeah. Slava Ukraine, dude. um yeah, so I think there's, but ultimately, you know, you look into it and then you start thinking it's this like little weird dehumanizing thing of like, oh, when women, you know, in a lot of these circles, which are basically like people, dehumanize people to have sex with so you can feel more strong or manly. When they reach this like drop off point, then they're worthless. And though that's when they give me a shot. And then that's when it becomes like extra frustrated, you know, which makes sense. I think if you're a frustrated person, that sort of mental, pathway makes sense but again it's not right you know totally and th there's other stuff in here like tests and whoever tests the other person has right. power <clears throat> so fucking stupid yeah i well, i guess i think can i just stop? like please, the question yeah. would be is like you know if you're reading these forums just stop and just back up and ask yourself like would i want to be in this kind of relationship would I want to be in a relationship yes. where I have to date a bunch of people to feel like I can be close to someone or choose to be close to someone? Would I want to be in a relationship where I feel like I'm so unsafe that I have to always test someone or they have to always test me? Or do I have to feel like I have to always have this power and project this power? Shit sounds exhausting. It's probably just a lot easier to date someone reasonably cool that you're into that's into you, you know? 100%. And the thing that I think is is – deeply problematic about this and unhelpful 
is this the all of these concepts or or I guess all of the the implication of trying to set strategies to control other people is that it it gives the actor the controller in parentheses here the idea that they can control life that 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 anything is in their control mm-hmm. and that is deeply stupid we are so not in control and it gets back to the whole idea of we're all high schoolers trying to impress each other because to be cool is to be in control, right? To be cool is to be perceived as calm and confident and not worried about things because in our hearts, we all know that we're running around this insane world out of control. <clears throat> so I just think it's, it's it's really just like a flawed concept because you can't control other people. You can't control fate. You can't control the randomness of our world. And to, to kind of p- pretend to yourself that, you can do that to someone else. Yeah. I think it, it gets back to what you just said about like, if you're a young man listening or anyone, but specifically young straight men who are like confused, can't get laid, you know, X, Y, Z problem. You know, what, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be a person who gives love and light and levity to the world? Or do you want to be someone who is obsessively worried about who's in control and who's, you know, who's empowered. Cause it, it's right. just like, you have the option. You don't, you don't have to be so worried about it. It almost reminds me of like the people who are, this is, it's hard to generalize, but the idea that like, I need a gun because the world is dangerous and a bad guy with a gun is around every corner. And if I don't have a gun to stop them, then I'm going to die. And I need a gun. It's this like paranoia mindset. And I think this is kind of akin to that in the way that it's a paranormal mindset. If if I'm not in control, then someone else is controlling me. And I think that's just pump the brakes on that whole idea. Mm. Yeah. I think to, to phrase it in a way is, you know, if you feel that you're, you're either victimizing or victimized, it's just, yeah, it's not great. It's not good. And the yeah. overwhelming majority of life is that middle, you know, a gray area. And the overwhelming majority of interactions will be in the middle. There's really, there's really few people I feel like who have, overt control you know whether it be your employer or whatever whatever sort of living situation you're in maybe it's your parents maybe it's it's someone else but yeah and it there's a lot more i feel like when you practice the idea of like you mentioned maybe releasing yourself from this idea that you have a lot of this control you do realize where you do have control and i think where you have control is what you can basically afford to change and with that change you can kind of move into a different place maybe something that's better for you you know yes yes so i think we'll leave with that on the on the the evaluation i I just wanted to run through a few ideas and kind of talk through them because i think that's really powerful because nuance is something that we've lost a bit you know with our media cycle with 30 second sound bites with you know heuristics right that's that's the idea a word i've mentioned a few times about we have to make so many decisions every day that it's easier to put the brain on autopilot for a few of those decisions. But I think my petition here is that for everyone dating, but especially young men be intentional about this stuff, because if not, I guess the thing is like educate yourself and make your own decisions and make your own values and make your own strategy. Don't let a bunch of keyboard heroes on the internet, dude, if these guys were so great, why are they on the fucking internet talking about it? Yeah, they're too busy getting laid. Yeah, exactly. In the day. (laughs) 
Yes. At the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. So And it's not take away from whatever work they're doing. But and also, you know, <laughs> you can look into I, I think another really damaging idea in this in this red pill kind of section is that like women are just reaping the benefits of dating, you know, and it's like, talk to women about their dating experience. And oh it's my like, God. Oh, yes. Great this point. dude stalked me on LinkedIn. This person followed me home. This person touched me, took me to their apartment. This person touched me. I had a, you know, talk to most women, you know, and it's almost all of them had some level of unwanted sexual contact or, or something. So it's this idea that like women are the ones pulling the string and they're getting everything they want. Cause they occasionally, you know, get a meal at Denny's paid for. I feel like it's not. The fucking, <laughs> I don't think the Illuminati is is at work here. So yeah, yeah. don't forget that. You know, because I, I think in this frustration, you can forget that dating just kind of sucks at times for everyone, and it is not a unique experience. You know, and and it does. Um, there's frustrations on both sides, and even though those frustrations might be different, you know, you can empathize with someone who, in their quest to find whatever version of the meaningful relationship they want they have to frankly just deal with a lot of bullshit too. And, you know, try not to be a person that asked that bullshit would be my takeaway. Totally. Try to be one of the good ones. Yeah. And I'm not also, I'm not sitting in a high horse. Like I've hurt people when I was single, I've hurt my current partner through my own selfishness. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, I'm not saying that like avoiding the red pill stuff is going to make you a great person. Absolutely not. I just think that this deserves a critical eye. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it yeah. definitely deserves critical eye. And just remember, you know, a lot of it is written by people that are hurt and frustrated. Right. And when you realize that hurt and frustrated people project things that are meant to temper their hurt and frustration, it, you know, it's it's not always healthy or helpful to you, and it won't always help you be in a better position. You know, because in a way, you're taking on their burdens. Absolutely, hurt people, they're, hurt people. They're offloading. They're offloading their baggage to you right you are absorbing it somehow not yeah. you personally another idea in conversation that I, I try to do is avoid you statements because mm. oftentimes when we say you we mean i just as a a thought bomb okay let's move on over to the three things game oh conversation piece to end every episode of the bro Nouveau podcast if anybody has any other game ideas i've run through this deck a few times so right. okay what month is your birthday in may Okay, you're up next. So grab a card. What are three things you would like to share with your younger self? Whoa, Whoa how relevant. How incredibly relevant. Am I asking you or am I answering? This is your answer. My answer. Um, one definitely relevant thing is to not sweat this idea of attaching your worth to dating women because you're definitely going to – day women and it's going to be great. And sometimes it's going to suck. Um, another one very similar to this value is I think, you know, on the scarcity mindset train is um, really take stock of whichever relationship it is and what it's doing for you. I think a lot of young men get socialized to this idea that you're supposed to provide a lot of things and you can't really even like lo- vocalize your needs or ask for your needs. Um, so this idea of, you know, actually figure out if what you're in is, is healthy to you. And if it's not, you have the power to leave it. You don't have to stay in something shitty. You know, this is another bad framing I think men get is this idea of like, you know, like, oh, my wife, she's such a pain in the ass. And it's been like that for 40 years. So you can, uh, you don't have to do that. And then the last one I would say is go out and have meaningful random experiences that fill your life. 
with really great perspective and cool things to do. Because ultimately, I think that is what will make you be a better rounded version of yourself and be able to find the things that you like and the things that you don't like um, and be able to carve out your own belief system instead of just believing people that tell you stuff. So those would be my three. Very nice. Thank you, man. Great, great reflective. And thank you for tempering me too in this whole thing because I get, I get fired up. Yeah. I feel like you've done a really great job of kind of providing a more level-headed feedback you know, yeah. instead of being like, this idea sucks. It's like, well... I can see where this would take root and these are the advantages of it. And these are some of the pitfalls of it. Just remember too, you know, manipulation works better when you're fired up. And so you slow it down. You think about it a little bit. You're like, huh, is this accurate? Maybe not. And that's where some of these forces have a much harder time taking hold, you know, because they want you to be fired up and riled up. And and I think, you know, it's something you really care about. So I don't think it's bad to be fired up. I don't think it's bad to be passionate, but I think, you know, in that passion, I think a lot of, this is built to kind of blind you with that passion, you know, put you in this sort of blind understanding of something. Cause when you really slow down and think about it, you're like, wait, do women lose their value at 36? Like, <laughs> I probably know some women that are like, you know, lawyers when they're 36. Or I probably know some women that are politicians that are doing great work when they're 36. So it's, yeah, when, when you slow down, you're like, no, this is just dumb and not true. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you have that realization, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well said, my friend. Well, here's my question. What are three things you'll learn from women? Well, there you go. Three things game always delivers. I think recently number one would be just how siloed I am as a man of privilege from things like unwanted sexual advances, feeling uncomfortable, being followed, having strangers come up to you and touch you on the street. You know, I mean, have you ever felt physically unsafe that someone would harm you in any way? actually walking down a street, not yeah. mugged or whatever, but just like that. That's that that specific. Something. Yeah. yeah no. That's something. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I feel like you could ask any woman to be like, for sure. For sure. Probably monthly, maybe weekly. Yes, maybe exactly. Daily. And that's really fucked up. And that's yeah. something that men need to acknowledge, right? Is like that. And also I think obviously, we're two men talking about this. So it'd be good to have a woman's perspective also in this right. conversation. So maybe it'd be a good follow up episode to get a woman's perspective, but as long as she's under 36. Yeah, that's right. As long yeah. as she's 23, 23 only. 23 only. Sorry, ladies. Sorry. 24 out of here. Yeah, your, your, your value in the sexual marketplace <laughs> is too low. I can't be seen associating with you. <laughs> garb dude, straight garb. Okay. Number two, I think just socialization, communication skills. I've said on here a lot. My mom, my sister, big influences. Right. Taught me how to relate, taught me how to laugh, not take things too seriously. How to live with empathy. And number three, I would say just dating, this whole experience, living in San Francisco, doing things right, doing things wrong, has really taught me, and also with my current relationship, it's been a big ego check in the sense of, oh, wow, like, yeah, I can have a perception of myself as so positive and a good person in, in, in these ways. And you can be, it's possible to be a good person and also kind of suck. You know, like you said, that, that, that gray area. Yeah. And I think you can afford yourself that luxury of trying to be a better person and trying to uproot some of the suck, you know? Totally. You're a human being. 
I don't yeah. think anyone's expecting you to uphold any sort of perfect man things, which is in itself another trap. If you need to be a perfect man means that at that point you're worth acceptance. Like not, nah, you can suck a lot of stuff. Just, you know, marginal Kaizen improvements every day or every month or whatever. Beautiful. Okay, my friend. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Parting shots, a question I have for you. Book recommendations, please. Whoa. Book recommendations. I would say there's a book called, I have actually haven't read it, but I've heard a lot of good chatter about it. Um, I've been reading a lot of fiction lately, so I don't know if that'd be as relevant. There's a book, again, haven't read it, heard some good chatter about it, called um, The Obstacle is the Way. I don't know if you've heard about it. Um, it's a book by this author named Ryan Holiday, and it has this, you know, there, there's been this sort of n- new stoicism of awaken this and arrival. And I think, you know, the whole idea of, of the stoic school of thought is that basically lots of things are going to happen. A lot of them are going to be unpleasant. A lot of them you might not like, a lot of them might be out of control and it's fine. And I think, you know, like you mentioned about this 24 hour news cycle, there's a lot of really large macro influences on what's happening in the world. We're aware of all of them. Um, and I think for the younger men listening, I've, you know, there's a, there seems to be this level of hopelessness, which is like, you know, if world war three doesn't get us climate change, will. if climate change doesn't get us something else, will. so there's a lot of reasons to feel that your life is not in your control. And a lot of that is true. And so I think what this book and whatever other books kind of in that similar vein will be able to tell you is, and that's okay. And how do you exist and find happiness and meaning and peace, you know, in that context of not being able to control everything. I would recommend that one. Secondhand. Secondhand source. Yeah, secondhand source. Bueno. Well, thank you, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for getting your thoughts on record. You're a extremely positive person. I was going to make a joke about how you're in the gray zone of my life, but you're not. You're the fucking man. Ah. Keep doing you. This one. You'll get far. Those compliments. All right. Cheers, bro.